Hello and welcome to another episode of the Roach Coach Podcast, the journey to create the new metal canon. My name is Lauren Kozlowski. With me, as always, is the Indigo Angel, Jennifer Sosha. Hello. And the original Roach Rider, Mr. Matt Nas. Keep it rolling, baby. There we go. Ladies and gentlemen, we're back with you. Back with another album. People have been telling us to do this one for a while. It's been on the long list for a while. We said it's time to talk about Down the Sun. Their album, Down the Sun, their only album. Talk all about these boys tonight. We're going to dive right into it, Jenny. When did this album come out? This album was released on October 1st, 2002. That is the come down. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, Matt. It is indeed the come down. And uh, I think it's good to start. Really, Jenny, Matt, do any of us have any history with this album? No. That's a no from me. It's a no from me as well. I had no history with this record. This was a brand new listen. I, I have to be honest, the the name Down the Sun, which is um, the way that they spell it, all no those words. No spaces. No spaces. So if you want to be truly honest with it, it's Down the Sun. Very quickly. So I thought that we had already done this band, but that I was thinking of Downset. Also all lowercase. Downset. Indeed. All lowercase. I guess we'll find out first. Jenny, who is in Down the Sun? In Down the Sun, we have Anthony Satone Stevens on vocals, Aaron Peltz on vocals, Lance Cook or Cuck. Yeah, you Cuck. fucking Cuck. <laughs> right. I think it's probably Cook. We'll stick with Cook. On bass, Nathan Church on keyboards, samples, and vocals. Danny Spain on drums. What a name, Danny Spain. And Bruce Swink on guitar. Indeed, that is the lineup there. Um, there was also Neil Godfrey, who also played guitar. It was a little confusing, and I kind of dug into it. It looks like there was some confusion in regards to who played what, where, when on the record. I believe that Neil maybe played on the record, but then left the band before the record came out. And then Bruce joined. I'm, I'm a little confused, and I apologize. But needless to say, at some point, all of those people were in Down the Sun. Producer on this record, Jenny, an old friend. Yes, it's Garth. Whoa, back again. He's back again. Still dead link on this wiki page. <sighs> Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Here we are. 2021. We've got a new president in there, and Gugga Garth still has a dead link on Wikipedia? I, I'm taking this. Actually, I'm not even going to joke about taking it all the way to Washington. I'm going to write an email. I'm going to make a respectful request that somebody do something about this. Somebody needs to do something about this. So these boys over here and Down the Sun... They were, uh, they were originally, uh, originally Mr. Lance Cook Collier and Church, uh, were in a local Kansas City band, and they opened for Slipknot, and they bonded with Clown. And when you got a bond with Clown, that's a true bond. And so they put this band together, and they went through some lineup changes. They went through some name changes. Before they finally decided to be down the sun. Go in the studio with Garth. In June 
2001, and they sign to Slipknot's Maggot Records label. But then, after recording some of the guitar tracks, so here it is. After recording the guitar tracks for the album, Neil Godfrey leaves the band to join Moto Grader. Oh, boy. But then he quits Moto Grader and joins a band called Low Pro. That's uh, with uh, former Ultra Spank singer Pete Murray. So then they said, all right, let's get Bruce Swink in here. He's going to handle the guitar in our live shows. And Swink's listed on the album liner notes, but he did not play on the album. But then the band was then signed to London Sire Records. Then that label folded. Then they had no label. So I don't know what happened to Maggot Records at, at this point. So then they signed a Roadrunner. And their album is finally released in 2002. So that does give a little context when we listen to it. Because, yeah, th- this thing basically sat on the shelf for like a year. Before it finally got out into the world. And uh, this band is no longer together. Because what ended up happening was, you know, they put this record out. They made a music video. They did some tours with Soulfly. But then... And this is according to the wiki. For reasons <laughs> unknown, no one knows, there was a mass exodus of band members. As Aaron Peltz, Satone, Danny Spain, and Bruce Swink all left the band, leaving only Kook and Church. We got to get that reboot of Unsolved Mysteries on the case. Damn. So this For band basically reasons unknown. This band basically fell apart before it really got off the ground because they were stuck in that limbo for so long. I think so. And so Cook and Church were like, we're gonna keep this going, we're gonna find replacements, we're gonna keep this going, we're gonna make some demos, we're gonna play some live shows. And then in late 2003 they said, We're done. Or so we thought, 2010, over on blabbermouth.net, May 23rd, 2010. The headline, Down the Sun is Back. Aaron Peltz said, the rumors are true. We're in the process of getting everyone together to meet and discuss what to do for the rest of the year. And they started talking about they might re-record their album. Want to get everybody back in the room together. And then they talked to Kook, and he said, you can expect the same things you love or hate about Down the Sun, and yes, there will be more new material. And they said, when you hear these new, these old songs live, they're going to evolve just as we have as artists. And uh, that did not produce anything. And uh, I found the uh, Facebook page for Down the Sun still very active. But no indication of any sort of reunion or anything like that. Uh, So whatever ended up happening is I think that they probably got in a group text. They said, hey, I miss you. And they're like, yeah, I miss you too. They said, we haven't been in a room together since the Soulfly tour. Let's get in a room together. And then they got in a room together and they went, oh, shit. (laughs) Did we just boof it? And then for reasons unknown. Reasons unknown. 
I'm gonna need compelling you unsolved mysteries. Let's get somebody in a trench coat with a smoke machine to walk down a wet street <laughs> and solve this case. Alien abductions, scary ghosts all over Japan, a man in Baltimore, murder unsolved, down the sun's initial disbanding, promised reunion that never came through yet active Facebook page. I need the ghost of Robert Stack to just <laughs> let us know what's up. Figure this I'm out. curious. I am very curious. Like as we listen to this, I am invested. I want to know. I want to oh. know what's going on. Mm-hmm. I know it's been a rough year, but it's been 11 years since you've tried to get it together again. <laughs> Kid Rock's putting out another album. Like, just fucking get in there. <laughs> but th- these unknown reasons, Jenny, they may be unknown for a reason. <sighs> reasons unknown. Reasons unknown. It just makes me feel so curious, so nosy. Yeah, because normally you get something where it's like, this guy left because he couldn't put up with that other guy's shit. And they just say it. They just say, it. listen, once you get me in a room with David... I, I gotta get out of that room. I can't handle that guy anymore. I can't deal with him. Not my dude. Not my dude. But in the case of Down the Sun, it's it, they make it seem like one day everybody showed up to practice, and these other guys said, "Listen, I can't do it anymore," and they just started unplugging shit. Just started unplugging shit. So why are you unplugging it? Explain yourself. No, I'm not gonna explain myself. I'm unplugging all these pedals. I'm unplugging everything. And once they got everything unplugged. They wrapped it around their arm in the proper way you do, and they put it in their bag, and they walked out, and no one knew why. Neat no cables. Neat cables. You can storm out, but don't yeah. don't go out with messy cables. You're just playing yourself at that time. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting to me that someone left this band to join Motograder, which, if I recall correctly, is one of those bands that just, like, it's Rotates. a revolving door yeah. of... Me- and, and it... Godfrey did also leave Motograder, so I don't know. I don't know. I mean, joining Motograder is just a really good way to one day be known as having been in Motograder. I mean, that's yeah. how it works. You're like, I can't wait to just put this on my resume as one I, of the many people. I haven't put it down that maybe someday I'll join Motograder. <sighs> Jenny, that would be so great. Would be <laughs> I don't know what I'd do for them. Maybe... I, Maybe I should learn how to play something. <laughs> Take you know it what? for a spin. You know what? Let Mitch know. You're like, I'm thinking of joining Motograder. I need to learn something. And then he'll probably ask the question that everybody asks, which is, have they asked you to join? Which is immaterial. I'll go, no, 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 no. Okay. Okay. I see how this is. Real nice, Mitch. Have they Real asked nice. me to join? Have they asked me to join? I'll just keep saying that over and over again until he relents. That's how I get what I want usually. So <laughs> I'm a dream to be married to. I don't know if you could glean that from listening to this show, but it's just a treat. Every Pretty day. much. Oh, every day. Every day. day. <laughs> um, so over on the wiki, um, you know, for some absurd reason, this album does not have its own Wikipedia page. It just is tacked on 
to the bottom of the Down the Sun wiki. So these are just the general genre tags for the band. Yes, those are new metal and alternative metal. There you go. And looking through everything, the uh, under style on the Wikipedia, all music compared the band to Slipknot, stating that they make the same kind of ugly alternative metal spliced with the visceral approach of death metal. But then we had what I can only call a Hall of Fame quote from Kook, who said, we're ugly, we're fat, and we go against everything that rock stardom is supposed to stand for. We are the truth. Whoa. Which is one hell of a quote. But then that begs the question, why did everybody leave? For reasons unknown. Reasons unknown. You are the truth. Tell us. We want to know. Even if it's just as simple as like, I didn't like that guy's face anymore. We want to know. We need closure. Mm. We need the closure. I'm writing in. I'm writing in as we speak. All right. Uh, We'll get into, there's a, I I think this is, I, I found it on an Angel Fire site, which bless Angel Fire for keeping it going. But I believe it is Never stop Angel Fire. Never stop. But I believe it is probably a press release for the band. Lots of great stuff in it. We'll dig into that as we go along. But I think, unless there's anything I'm missing, I think we're... Oh, I have a physical copy of the album. Ugh. Huh. How much did it cost? It. <laughs> well, Just tell me right now. <laughs> all right, Jenny. This record cost me a sweet $4.24. Ooh, great sweet deal. thrift. I got it from the Book and Music Exchange. The front cover has, I believe this is clay sculpture of some kind of what looks like a puffy guy holding what I think is a crucifix, but I can't tell. It's it's under the whole um, aesthetic of these liner notes, which by the way, the CD, pristine condition, shouts to BME Music Exchange. It gives me big seven vibes the movie seven just a lot of overexposure bisected flies moody shots of the band jenny i know you had this pulled up what what do you think of these liner notes yeah i think maybe the thing on the front is that a golem golem how's it pronounced it might be a golem it might be Ooh. I don't know. I don't know. I agree with you with the seven vibes. This definitely gives me like a, it takes me back to 2002 for sure. A little bit of like even maybe a razor blade suitcase vibe to some of this art. Mm. (laughs) I know maybe not everybody spent as much time in the liner notes of Bush's album razor blade suitcase as I did, but you know, I was where I was. No apologies. It reminds me of. No apologies. I mean, unti- I mean, listen, the album was called Razorblade Suitcase. You knew you were digging in those liner notes for clarity. If you can't take me at my Razorblade Suitcase, you don't deserve me at my town the sun. It's true. It's true. Uh, in the liner notes, I, I, the, uh, the thank yous aren't that remarkable, except for the fact that certain words are all caps. So if you read that, with the idea of all caps meaning yelling, they sound a little bit like this. We would like to thank our families! 
wives, girlfriends, children, parents, and friends. Without you, we wouldn't be here. Also, Slipknot, 01234567. And then they thank Clown, they thank Garth, and then they say they thank everyone at Roadrunner Records for the chance to spread our truth. And then they thank a few more people, and then they say all the fans, past and present. If we forgot your name, sorry, down the sun. Uh, but otherwise, pretty straightforward. No, no thank yous, no crazy nicknames for anybody. These guys, unlike us, getting right down to it. So I think <laughs> we should probably oh, listen to some of these songs. <laughs> I would agree with your assessment. Uh, the first song on this record is called Medicated. a moody open into an intense drum drop that really lets you know hold on pay attention shit's about to get pretty wild in here we are chugging hardcore on this song i'm getting all sorts of influences in these vocals because you got two guys singing here so you're gonna get a lot so you're gonna get a little mud vein you're gonna get some drowning pool get a slight jd impression as well and this song, I'm going to say it. It's all about drugs, baby. It's all about <laughs> drugs. It's a bleak but heavy start. Jenny, what would you think of Medicated? I would agree, a bleak but heavy start. I did enjoy it. It's about drugs, but maybe not in the way that we uh, normally talk about them. It seems to be about, you know, all different kinds of drugs. I, I got antidepressants i got opioids i got all sorts of stuff from this um this song also the only video we get uh right out the gate and what a video it is i mean we got a lot of stuff going it's a lot of like um the vibe of like 
we're psychos. <laughs> um, My which I really vibe. appreciate it. I yes. mean, like it definitely like anytime I see somebody writhing around the way that I saw them writhing around in this video, like in a chair or just like doing these very like distorted, like, um, I don't know, just like very, the word is not coming to me, but their body movements were like very, very sudden, uh, and jerky. It, it always like takes a marionette me having its strings pulled. Yeah. It takes me to the sweating bullets video. It takes me to, Rush did a, a video uh, for the song Stick It Out, which had like definitely not like a we're crazy vibe, but like in that neighborhood, it was definitely like a. I felt like it was a statement. I felt like I got who this band was. I really enjoyed the video. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Lauren, what did you think of the video? I thought the video was great because it had, it had on the one hand, we are crazy, we are twisted, we are coming for you. But also, it can't quite contain the, you guys, we're making a music video, this is the best. Because they are having the time of their life. I don't think anyone is ever totally breaking kayfabe and like smiling at the camera, but the vibe is we're making a video and we're having the blast. I could be wrong. They could write in their mysterious guys and be like, we had a terrible time making that video. But me watching this video, this looked like a blast and a half. There are the two vocalists are doing like a dueling thing and they're sort of like playing off each other and they're just having what really feels like the time of their life. At one point, there's like a split screen thing going on where they're singing at each other and then they're singing to themselves. I love it. On top of that, so the, the two vocalists, I'm sorry, I had the list of names in front of me here. The two vocalists are Anthony Satone Stevens and Aaron Peltz. Satone has, I think, what many would call the complete new metal package on his face. We've got face tat. We've got dyed blonde hair. We've got, Jenny, you've got him as your background here. And uh, he, He's got... Uh, he's got an impressive beard going on, and he's got multiple facial piercings. He's got the complete package. Incredible look. Immediately distinct. I will never forget this man's face. <laughs> I just I just loved it. I just thought they were just having a great time while also letting us know that they're down the sun and they are twisted. Yeah. So I thought it was, honestly, I the one thing about it was that I was like, why... Why didn't Kook's mom preserve this video in high definition? I want a high def one. This is another one that I could use a high def version of this video. It's true. Not everybody. What was the band that got that treatment? Serial Joe. That's right. Not everyone gets the Serial Joe treatment, unfortunately. My Make pledge. Make your mom the manager more often, guys. Yeah. Look, my pledge as a soon-to-be parent I will preserve any music video in whatever the highest possible definition is at the time that, that such a thing happens. So you heard it here first. Real quick, Matt, what'd you think? I was digging it. I, I think it's good. I'm ready for the next one. Let's see what they do. All right. Let's do all it. All right. Up next, we've got We All Die.
Heavy stuff. Heavy stuff. Track two, We All Die. Welcome to Down the Sun. Yeah, heavy, heavy. But I, uh, perhaps no surprise, I'm digging this so far. Let me ask you about these vocals, Jenny, because it seems like it's not quite harsh to smooth. It's like harsh and then harsh variation. Yeah, I like it. They're definitely, they have an aesthetic that they have chosen. It it might be just who they are. It might be what they've chosen to go for as a band. I don't know all these mysterious circumstances. I'll get to the bottom of it, but I don't know at this moment. But I think that that really comes through in the vocals because you can tell that like some of it is like more just straight up like metal influence, like death metal influenced. But then you get a little bit of that, like, really elaborate Halloween costume vibe. (laughs) Something a little twisted, like, but I think I'm bought in. So I, I really enjoy it. Like, it's definitely like it kind of starts to go in that direction of like, not to mushroom headland, but like there are times Mm -hmm. when I feel it starting to go that way. But for me... Uh, I'm into it. I'm curious. I know you tend to like some of the smoother boys. How how are these vocals for you? You know what? I, I enjoy these vocals. I think they're the right, for me, the right level of not too harsh. And uh, the variation is there. I mean, I initially thought it was one guy. And I was just like, this guy can do it all. And then I found out it was two guys. I said, makes more sense. And I, uh, you know what, it really, this song, especially for track two, not just for calling it, we all die, but it definitely feels like these are guys who are going for it. Hmm. These guys are like, this is our shot. We're not going to miss. And even if we do, they can't say that we weren't trying. Cause this is, this is, this is a going for it type of track, especially for a track two. So I, uh, I was enjoying it, you know, I mean, and, and the vocals, I would say that the, I'm getting, I'm getting touches of a lot of bands, but I'm I'm feeling like I'm still hearing down the sun. Like I'm hearing their influences, but I'm I don't feel that they're overwhelming it necessarily. Matt, what did you think? Yeah, I'm I'm definitely feeling the vibe that they're throwing off. I'm liking what they're doing. And at the same time, I feel like we'll see how the back you know, the back three quarters of this album plays through. But I'm already like if they would have been able to release this on time. Yeah. Yeah. Then then this... we would have gotten a second album from these guys where they would have learned they needed to be in front of more audiences, you know what I mean? To kind of like hone it in cuz the aggression is there, the vocals are there. I like the two guys that are singing. There's something and I don't know if it's the mix. You know, like the mix to me in my ears right now isn't as full and maybe it's just my setup at the moment. It's very possible. So I have to take a listen to it. Not through the not through the soundboard I'm using right now, but like the mix doesn't punch me. You know, it's not as punchy as I like. The aggression's there. They're doing the right moves, but I don't feel like it's total paint by numbers. We all die perfectly new metal, you know, but now we're in 2002. We all die. Uh, I no, thank you. <laughs> what? What? Matt? Did something happen? <laughs> something, something <laughs> I don't happen? know if you heard about this thing. 
<laughs> oh no, I I I've been I've been out of the loop. Oh. <laughs> well, my my. Be prepared. Uh, be prepared. Oh no, it's a real bummer. Uh, oh no. Oh no. Well, before you tell me about that, let's take a listen to the message. All right. Up next, we've got Enslaved. gentlemen living for some bleeps and blorps uh ladies and gentlemen of the wedding party please welcome to the room the beeps and the boops ah the beeps and the boops you know what i wrote in my notes that uh there's a cliche this song's got everything but the kitchen sink that was my feeling on this song they were like beeps and boops got it chugs yes screams yes mushroom head-esque keyboard serenade slowdown part we got it all this one felt a little overstuffed to me this one felt like hold on a minute you putting where this is only a weekend trip why you packing so many tops that was my feeling on this one it's only two days (laughs) Are you a heavy a, sweater? What's going on? I, I don't know what's going on here. Why Why have you packed so many tops? We're going to be in a car for the whole drive back. Hopefully That's not five on. hours. <laughs> Listen, you're going to be in a car with me for five hours. And it's going to be the worst experience. <laughs> experience that has been described as the worst experience of someone's life. My, uh, my, my, I uh, will say as somebody who does overpack, because I don't know what mood I'm going to be in. And I like to have the assurance that I'll have something to match my mood. The song did have it all. You know, we've been saying there are two vocalists, but I want to remind you that our dear boy, uh, Mr. Church here on keyboards and beeps and boops and samples also does provide some vocals here and there. So, so, so lest we forget the three. The three. Um, I, you know, the first time I listened to the song, I wasn't really sure. But as time went on, I was like, all right. I mean, this seems to be, if I had to guess what the song was about, it would be sort of like the, uh, you know, the crushing weight of capitalism, which I feel. (laughs) (laughs) Same. Same. Hey. And you know what? Lyrically, I've been enjoying it because it is so visceral and so angry and i i uh i mean this lyric right here life's pain you face everything's set now you're told what to do it's all you know 
spinning like a cog in a pointless machine. Mm. Hey, sheeple. Wake Wake up. up. Wake Wake up. up. Hey, sheeple. What? Wake up. Oh, shit. Oh, my God. Oh, did I doze off there? Oh. So, oh my gosh. A quick mm, question for you guys. Yeah. Did the tempo change mess with you? Because I did not like the tempo change. I didn't I didn't really care for it. I it, it, it immediately goes to a very mushroom head situation. So it was not my favorite. But then they come back out of it and you get the beeps and the boops. And the beeps and the boops really let you know we are not mushroom head. And so ultimately, it carried me out, but this was not my favorite. Jenny? I didn't mind it. It wasn't my favorite either, but I just, I feel like I'm along for the ride on this album. I think I bought in pretty quick. So I'm just like, oh, all right. They're just doing their thing. But I I agree. It wasn't like my, if they had been doing this the whole record, I don't know how I would feel. But I think like the first couple tracks we're just so much in the zone of what I enjoy that by the time we get here, I'm just sort of like, all right, whatever these, and it's all breadcrumbs getting to these mysterious circumstances. So if you got to live through a tempo change or two, I'm dedicated to solving this mystery. Yeah. And I mean, here's the thing. If you want you know, a song that's rocking to suddenly stop and go into a mid-tempo dirge in the middle of it. There's a record called XX and another one called XIII <laughs> that will totally do the job for Scratch you. that itch. Jenny, there's only one comment on songmeanings.com, but it's from an old friend. That is true. It's been a while, but we did hear from Quiff Porn. There it is. I knew Quiff it was Porn. Quiff Porn. Quiff Porn's back. And they say, I think it's obviously about being under political rule, where the blood you sweat through hard work serves only to aid those who oppress you. Thank you, Quiff Porn. <laughs> Thank you, Quiff Porn. December 14th, 2004. You could have written that shit yesterday. Hey. Evergreen. 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 Yeah. All right. Well, I think it's time. All right. Up next, we've got Lucas Tool.
So we got some snake arms going here. Oh, yeah. You got to have those snake arms going because this is a spooky song because it's about, that's right, not one, but two serial killers. <laughs> not Never to be outdone down the sun. Down the sun's like, oh, Mudvayne, you did a song about one serial killer? <laughs> Cute. Child, child's play. That's fun. This song is about the serial killing duo, Henry Lee Lucas and Otis Toole. I didn't know. I'd never heard of these guys. These ones were not on my serial killer radar. But uh, Henry Lee Lucas, um, he was convicted of crime spanning from 1960 to 1983. He was convicted of murdering 11 people and condemned to death, although his sentence was commuted to life in prison in 1998. Apparently, he confessed and then later recanted, and they were like, too late. We gotcha. We gotcha. No take backs. Huh. Can I tell you guys about a, a hypocrisy of mine? Oh, There's please. so many. With the exception of the band Macabre, all of whose songs are about serial killers and a band that I love. When dudes are into serial killers, I'm like, oh, Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> when women are into serial killers, I have no reaction. Completely neutral. I'm just like, all right, well, sure. But when dudes are into serial killers, I'm just like, you fucking piece of shit. <laughs> and I don't really mean that. I'm just like, oh, boy. Maybe it's because usually... I'm going to have to sit through a whole bunch of shit about the BTK here. Well, I wonder if like... I think I was thinking about this listening to this because I did... This song was not my favorite on the record, but I did really like this record overall. And I really do like this this band. But like, I was maybe it's because when I meet dudes who are super into serial killers... The serial killers they tend to be into are also dudes. And so I'm like, you are really amped up about this dude who loves to murder people. Whereas like when I meet women who are into serial killers, it tends to be more of like a solving a crime, not getting murdered vibe. (laughs) So like, I don't know if maybe my constant assessment of danger around me is what gets like triggered and I'm more comfortable being like, you clown. Then are you going to kill me? I don't know. I just thought I'd share that with you. A little confessional. Interesting. That's really cool, Jenny. Listen, um, after record, <laughs> let's let's take a seat and watch Zodiac. How's that sound, eh? No? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I would watch a movie with you. It's just like, I also once, like, a long, 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 long time ago, dated a guy who was very much like into like killers and murder and like wanted to go dig up a grave and i was like no and i laughed at him he got so bummed <laughs> you know <laughs> which i too? get well i was just like no oh, what are you I, I fucking gotta talking lick about my serial killer loving <laughs> paw uh well know. you know what think about it think about it jenny you know you know everyone's always telling you Plan something spontaneous. Plan right. something for the two of us. Just the two of us. None of your friends. Let's just do something, me and you. And he's like, I got it. I'll drive. 
you bring the shovel, and we gonna dig up some bones. I will say, in these times, I've been at home for a long time. It sounds like a COVID safe activity. <laughs> dig it does. Up a grave. Dig up bones. So dig I don't know. Bones. Maybe I'll maybe I'll float this to Mitch. <laughs> 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 who's gonna arrest a pregnant woman for digging up a grave you know what i mean like you know what yeah truly you, you if, that's a get out of jail card really if there easy. was ever a time if there was ever time so i know you guys are wondering about the vibe of this band and so i found like i said we found this uh article about the band over on angelfire.com and um they considered themselves in their prime form. They referred to themselves as the six. So there's meaning to everything we do, whether it's a bit of astrology or numerology, there's meaning to down the sun. Our name means we draw down the energy of the sun to create our own circle of magic. Take the number six, for instance, six is the sun. Nine is the moon. There are six of us in this band. Three charge positive and three charge negative. To have complete truth, you have to have both. Does that mean the sun and the moon, 69? Yeah, baby. Yeah, baby. Um, Real oh. mature. <laughs> oh, they go on. Give it says it's pretty. Squish. <laughs> <laughs> they go on to say, uh, this is Aaron, says it's pretty simple. Satone's evil. I'm good. We don't always agree, often within the same song. So tone is about debauchery. I'm not. <laughs> yeah. I think we might have found what tore this band apart. <laughs> what? The fact that they're they're set up like batteries, negative and positive? And, 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 and they're together? referring to the other members as evil? Oh, that guy's evil. <laughs> that guy's evil. That guy? For reasons evil. unknown. Evil. Um <laughs> It's just, the tone is about debauchery. Really starting to get known here. That, that guy, he's a lech. <laughs> he's, yeah, yeah, he's you lech. know that song, uh, Stay Fly by uh, Three Six Mafia, where we talk about DJ Paul being a dog? He's worse. <laughs> uh, he, says, he says, for instance, in the song Lucas Tool, uh, which is about serial killing duel uh, duo Harry Lee Lucas, Henry Lee Lucas, and Otis Tool. We're coming at things from two totally different points of view. It's about a kid getting abducted. I'm the guy who wants to go out there and find that guy. Satone and Church are that guy. <laughs> I see. Okay. Okay. All this right. Crumbs are turning into more of a piece of bread. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what? We are getting close. We are getting close to a sandwich. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> we are. We are. All right. Well, let's keep on this trail. You know, maybe we're doing a little bit of like a detective crossover. I, I don't know. I'm enjoying this journey. Are, are we? Are we the mind hunters right now? <laughs> maybe we are. Maybe we are. Uh, all right. So up next, we've got Zero, which is a bit of an interstitial, and that'll take us into pure American filth. All right. And... Well, I mean, it is activated. Oh, Oh, my God. 
I love it. I fucking love this. This, please. More of this. All all of this. This is is amazing. Is this this record's bodies? Yes. 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 I don't even have to think. Yes. It's it's this is this is this is it right here. This This is the shit. Yeah, this is that good shit. Listen, you gotta get all of the six back in a room. You've got to figure it out. You gotta look at the guy in the eye and say, sorry I called you evil, but we got to rehearse pure american filth and we gotta rock some motherfucking faces this i mean if this thing had been released how is this not how is this not in trailers right how is this not just like a go-to this song is i will say it's classic it's a classic. Absolutely. Absolutely. This 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 was this was one of those things where I was like, oh yes, thank you. The hidden gem. The hidden gem. Smack dab in the middle of down the sun. This thing every time. First time this thing came out, I was like, Holy What? Shit. Holy, Holy shit. Holy shit. Holy shit. And then getting these lyrics. Guns are loaded. American. Bullets can't hide. Filth. You can't kill me. American. I'm your golden child. Filth. And then at the end, he screams, I want you to motherfucking die. You. Yes, you. (laughs) The specificity (laughs) is a a dream. And in this this angel fire situation that you found, Lauren, uh, we get this information, which is the song Pure American Filth is down the sun's raison d'etre. I know I said that terribly, but in a nutshell, can you feel it, America? It's what we are. Filth. That's about as blunt as it gets. I mean, again, I would say evergreen. Truly evergreen. Yeah. Just just truly. It's incredible. And it fucking plays. It works. I want more. It's amazing. Um, they also talk a little bit in the Angel Fire. Once again, shouts to Angel Fire. Keeping, Keeping it, going. it up. Keeping it going. Um, they talked about uh, what was going on when they recorded the record with Garth. They said the caustic cocktail of mysticism, misanthropy, crept into the album sessions with producer Gugga Garth. Richardson. It was during those six weeks. Oh, look at that six. That's back again. Six weeks. Six guys mm-hmm. recording this record. That the band feels it all really came together, says Kook. It got so intense, I just fell out, says Church. It was like dying, having sex, and being born all at once. I had whoa, to go insane whoa. to the happiest I've ever been. I've totally changed. I get panic attacks now. I can't see right. There's something really wrong, but I'm happy that I finally got the chance to spread the truth. (sighs) That's uh, quite a statement. Dying, having sex, and being born. 
all at the exact same time. Sure. Mm, yeah. Multitasking. <laughs> <laughs> you know? That's what they're asking on every interview and resume. They're, listen, um, let's say, okay, uh, Jenny, is it? Is that your name? Yes. Um, yeah. So I'm just going to throw a scenario at you. So sure. you are, are gasping for your last breath, but also engaging in intercourse, but also coming down a birth canal as well, becoming born. Right. Does that sound like something you could do while also answering the phones at our front desk? It's so funny you brought that up because that was actually specifically what I've been doing at the last three companies I work for. Okay. Okay. Great. Great. Every okay. day. Multitasking. I don't even need my hands to be born to die or to have sex. So if you have more than one phone, I can answer each of them. Two hands, two ears, one mouth, but it can do a lot. So... All right. Sounds great. Um, then um, all you got to do is just pass a drug test. That's going to be a problem for okay. me. Okay. All, right. <laughs> all right. Okay. Okay. Well, thanks for coming in. All right. Okay. Okay. All right. Respect uh, that. I respect man. that. Man, she's leaving here blazing the herb. <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, she just, I respect that. <laughs> she just turned on her radio and it just said, smoke weed every day. Every day. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, let me tell you. Yeah. This thing just straight up unhinged. I wrote this shit is wild. This is amazing. As you said, Matt, the bodies of the record. Jenny, you, you put it best. Instant classic. Instant classic. True, true. All right. Up next, we've got Pitiful. Can you tell me your dream? Blankly stare into the sky. Look into place, but you're suffering. Satisfied with being nobody. Okay, wow. <laughs> what what happened? Uh, it's Matt, a shift. Matt, um, have you ever died, had sex, and been born at the exact same time? Immediately afterward, you might sound a little bit like Billy Corgan. It might just happen that way. <laughs> it might corg you out. It might corg you out. It might corg you out. Mm-hmm. I thought this, I, I will say every single time this vocal threw me for a loop, but when you get to that pitiful chorus, that is awesome and it rips and it does a tempo change to a chug halfway through. It's calling out the sheep and the cattle. So ultimately I was on board for the weirdness here because I will take a weird Billy Corrigan sort of sound over a hey, we sound a little like Mushroom Head. Jenny. I was similarly thrown by this vocal each and every listen. But I think at this point, I am bought in. I was bought in early on, but especially after Pure American Filth, I'm like, okay. <laughs> you took a chance, and I'm proud of you. Uh, I agree. I thought the chorus was sweet, um, but yeah, that, that vocal... Uh, that's tough stuff. <laughs> yeah, I am not here for that. <laughs> not my 
favorite, but it like definitely <laughs> felt like uh, all right, Jerry, it, it's it's your time to sing. I've been waiting. <laughs> um, I know. Nice. I I have like this um this sim- this like image in my mind of like this person is like the one who's like I, I don't know if I can sing. They're like, "We yes, you can." Yes, it's like the nice the, like the good half of the band, like the encouraging polarity. It's just like you know what? You know who like didn't think they could sing? Leonard Cohen. And look at him. Like, hey, you know, <laughs> totally, totally like, oh, no, like, <laughs> and then they were recording it and they're just like, yeah, yeah, it Leonard, sounds great. It sounds great. Leonard, Can you tell me your dreams? <laughs> blankly staring like, at the sky. And hey. they're just like on the other side. They're just like thumbs up. Nailing it. Doing it great. You're doing it. Doing it it's great. the journey. It's yes. the journey, not the destination. We're loving this. And they turned to Garth and they said, Can can we use this? And Garth's like, listen, mm-hmm. you're paying it's you know, you're, 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 you're we're gonna, paying, we're gonna have to. <laughs> that's what that's what he said. Well, we're we're gonna have to. We're gonna this is the take. I I gotta get home. I gotta get home. <laughs> I gotta g- g- go. <laughs> yeah yeah so you know and i i also wondered like is that meant to be like uh is that meant to sound like someone who is pitiful are we getting like a character there is that is that like the intention i don't know i don't know I don't understand. I never got closer to understanding reasons unknown. Reasons unknown. We don't know. I mean, I will say, when you look at these lyrics, can you tell me your dreams? Dreams are nothing. Blankly staring at the sky. It's all a lie. Looking to place blame. Fuck your suffering. Satisfied with me, nobody. I could see that as being like, yeah, like the direction was make your vocal pitiful. Quote, unquote. Mm. And and then you get to the pitiful chorus, which fucking rips. So we again, we need to conjure up Robert Stack. We need his help. I mean, the thing is that yeah, when you when you read when you read this Angel Fire document, which now I'm just reading like some sort of Rosetta Stone of just like explanation of what was going mm-hmm. on. It's a Da Vinci Code situation. Yeah. Um. <laughs> You know, I mean, here's, here's, um, they talk about, you know, meeting, meeting clown. And it turns out, according to this, that, uh, Satone was, uh, clown's tech, which I think meant that he handled his bats and barrels. Good work if you can get it for sure. And I don't know on those early shows, you're probably getting your ass kicked. Yeah. You're probably getting your ass bit. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. Um, but they said that down the sun is based on a simple foundation, friend or foe, truth or lies, on or off, the sickness man states kook. When it was, when it all first started, he saw two guys, me and church that were just different with clown and slipknot. It's a lifestyle. It's a certain way of thinking. He wanted to see the sickness branch out. So wow. he saw these guys, and he was like, "You guys, 
You two? You two twisted motherfuckers. You need to find more twisted motherfuckers. And really make some things crazy. And so it was written. So and it was so written. it was done. So it was <laughs> All right. Up next, we've got Scapegoat. I would say that the pit, pit is has been activated again. Sheeple, 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 wake sheeple. up. Uh, so this is the, this one felt the most like wannabe Slipknot, but this thing is good. <laughs> like this, this can hold its own, I think, uh, against Slipknot. Because um, it has like a slight siren, but not quite a siren, like surfacing. And... But it just rules. I mean, you put the blame on us. We say fuck you. That's the new metal chorus I'm going for. That's what I'm looking for every time. That aggression. So I thought this was hot. I thought this was great. Jenny, what'd you think? I loved it. Another one that had me saying, how is this not just like a mainstay? I I definitely did feel the Slipknot influence there, but it didn't feel... It didn't, it didn't feel like a total rip. It felt very in line with what I'm getting from Down the Sun. Still felt like them to me. Matt, what did you think? Yeah, this felt more akin to some of the things that have come earlier. Like the first couple of tracks. Just a little bit more refined. Again, with pure American filth. I loved it. I thought it was great. I think the other thing is that sets it apart a bit from Slipknot is that chorus that we say fuck you part has a bit of a gang vocal that gives me a hardcore vibe and you wouldn't necessarily get that in a Slipknot song. That we say fuck you part is like made for the live show, made for the I'm going to put to the mic to you, the audience. I think it's a shame that, a true shame that Scapegoat was not be being played at metal festivals every year for years. This this, this strikes me as a perennial. You start that riff, knowing that you're going to get this chorus, and you're at the beer tent. You're like, fuck, is that scapegoat? <sighs> we got to come back. We we'll have to come back. Get out of line. We got to go. They're about to do scapegoat. Got to get there. 
Mm-hmm. It's a hot one. It's another hot one. It and, truly and, is. And also, like, what track is this? What track are we on? We're on eight right now. Track eight. Track eight. Incredible. Incredible. Also, uh, no comments on songmeanings.com. What the fuck is wrong with you people? I agree. I'm tempted to leave a comment that says, how come there are no comments? But I don't know. We'll see. Maybe as time goes on. Up next, we've got a song called Listen. You know, you gotta, you know, nine tracks in. At this point, we've been pretty thoroughly rocked. Two classics already been hitting us. This, uh, this felt less like a curveball, especially after Pitiful. It just felt more like, uh, just like we can we can slow it down a little bit. If you need something for radio, if you need something, you know, the I think this is once again thinking about the live show, because if you try, you know, going back to what Draymond said. You try to make an all ripper record that you got a tour for ten months of your life. You can destroy yourself. You got to give yourself something to slow down on. So you got this. I I enjoyed this one. I thought this one was, was nice. Nice. What did you guys think? <sighs> I did, I did would not come to down the sun for this song. If that makes sense, like. What I guess I mean to say is, like, if I want mid-tempo songs, I don't necessarily want them from Down the Sun. That being said, the song works, logistically makes sense, it's in the right spot, and compared to Pitiful, I mean, this is this is aces. This this song's doing great, but it, it it's just. There's better versions of this song, so I don't necessarily want this song for myself. I would have hit next on the CD. Or I would have hit back twice. Ooh. To hear Pitiful again. (laughs) 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 Maybe three times for pure American film. Uh, Jenny, what'd you think? 
Uh, not not really my uh, not my lane, not my lane. But at this point, they can pretty much do whatever they want, and I'll be like, all right. But I mean, I I do wonder like this was going to be their first big foray into you know showing everybody the range that they have and what they can do and thinking back to like the climate of the time musically like it makes sense to me that there'd be a track like this on this record if if they're trying to make this commercially successful which does kind of fly in the face of the aesthetic that they put forward but ultimately you know I I would imagine that they did have some uh some ambitions around commercial success now I love a good mystery being solved and we don't have a lot of comments on songmeetings.com but we do have this one from Evanescence plus MCR lover who says, wow, the song is pretty good. I ran into it on accident. Supposedly it was Stone Sour, but I know it isn't. And I finally found out who really sings this. I can't believe I've never heard of them before because they are pretty awesome. If you haven't heard it, look it up. I think the song may be about a person who follows or is followed by another person. Sculpting, shaping the masterpiece, create, transform, deus ex machina, Ex Machina, excuse me, how embarrassing, makes me think, possibly conformists? It's hard to say. <laughs> I don't know. I, that, that comment really tickled me. I knew it isn't, and I finally found out who really <laughs> sings this. Pulling the mask off of Stone Sour to reveal down the sun. Love that. Love that for you. Songmeetings.com commenter. All right. I think we're ready for the next one. All right. Up next, we've got I Confide. Deftone song, don't worry.
Yeah, this one was weird to me because it sounded like, yeah, first album Deftones gave me vibes of first album Corn, and it sounds, it honestly, you know, with Pure American Phil, something like that, and those things sound both early 2000s and also timeless, and this, this just sounds dated. It sounds dated now, and I feel like it would have sounded dated in 2002. This this feels like a true misstep for me on the album. I don't I don't really think this one. It goes it does have a cha- tempo change at 240 and kind of goes into Ripper City, but it's a long time to wait. And yeah, this is one that just feels yeah, just feels too late. What do you guys think, Jenny? I agree. Uh this was the only time on the album that I really was like that as Al Borland would say, I don't think so, Tim. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> come, you come for the straight up home improvement riffs we got. Uh, we got tons. <gasps> That's yeah. how I was when I first heard heard the song. <laughs> oh, man. You know, I can tell you there was no bigger excitement at school when that show was on, then the very special episode in which they teased that Jonathan Taylor Thomas's character may have cancer. Spoiler alert, at the end of the episode, he did not have cancer. Thank you. But let me tell you, everyone was like, did you watch Home Improvement? JTT might have cancer. And I said, I don't watch that show, so no, you tell me about it. <laughs> have you? Wow. Have you watched Too Funny to Fail? The story about the Dana Carvey show? I have. I have watched that. The best story in the whole documentary. So for those uninitiated, uninitiated, uh, Dana Carvey was a seminal cast member of Saturday Night Live in the late 80s, early 90s. Um, He is Garth of Wayne and Garth from Wayne's World. And he did a terrible movie called Master of Disguise. Mm. And... uh, (laughs) (laughs) Ah, that turtle. Oh, boy. (laughs) Real bad. Well, anyway, (laughs) after he left Saturday Night Live, you know, he was a very hot commodity. So ABC offered to give him a sketch show at 930 with the lead in of Home Improvement. And their show was ridiculous. And on the first episode of that show ever being aired, they had Bill Clinton, uh, Dana Carvey playing Bill Clinton, opening his shirt to reveal that he had puppy nipples and nursing real puppies. And there was a, like, they had minute-by-minute Nielsen ratings, and the drop-off from home improvement to his show, basically, it was like, oh, you're not, you're barely going to make it. So in, in the documentary, it gets to this point where they're trying to understand why it's going so bad, and then they finally watch Home Improvement. And then they show the trailer for that episode. The one that JTT might have cancer in. And then it's like on a very special Home Improvement. Followed by the Barks Root Beer Dana Carvey show. <laughs> Can I tell you that I remember the Dana Carvey show coming on after home improvement. I remember watching it 
in my bedroom. I had this old black and white TV that only got like two, four and seven or whatever. And it had like a dial. And I remember watching the Dana Carvey show and I remember thinking it was the funniest thing I'd ever seen in my entire life. I was like probably 11 or 12, I I would guess. I was still pretty heavy into home improvement at that time. Huge crush on JTT posters on the walls. But I was still there for that comedy, baby. <laughs> Didn't throw me <laughs> off one bit. I was like able to make that transition. I'm like, I'm with you. Don't worry. I haven't fallen off here. Um, but I do remember my parents were also watching TV at that time. And my mom came into my room and said, turn this off. And I said, no, <laughs> like I refused to turn it off. It was like a true stand in my house. Oh yeah. It was definitely a fuck you dad. I'm watching this type of show. 100%. I like put my foot down. I was like, you may not let me watch friends, <laughs> wouldn't let you but watch I friends? will. I wasn't allowed to watch The Simpsons and I wasn't allowed to watch Friends. But I was like, I'm watching the Dana Carvey show. Get off my back, mom. Let me watch it on my old ass TV that was only made to watch F Troop. Uh, <laughs> that's what you come here for dusty oh, yeah. ass references <laughs> f troop hey, baby dust them off right? <laughs> quick cue how respectful yes. of our time is this album uh this record comes in at just about 53 minutes that's uh hey. matt we let's just wait <laughs> Um okay, so we got we got two more. All right. Up next we've got jars. If you can go to 208. 208, you got it. Here we go. So, wow. When this band... I know this band had been recommended to us a few times, but the big push was that someone sent us a letter and said, you've got to do this band because they have a song called Jars and it's about jars. And 
so I saw so not only that so when we I first put this album on I, I'm like where's jars in the track list it's like track 11 so I'm like spending the album breathless anticipation for what this song's gonna be it starts the first thing I hear is actual jar noises I was like already already I'm feeling rewarded then it's hot fucking riff this riff fucking rules. Then you go to 208 and dude screams jars like three times. And he like screams it for real. And then I looked at the lyrics and it seems to be about putting somebody in a jar. And I was like, another new metal classic. It's another new metal classic. I don't know what to say. It's incredible. Jenny? Oh, I agree. Classic. Love it. And again, Angel Fire coming through here. (laughs) This is my favorite. Okay, so I'm just going to read right from it. It was also in the studio that Church's other art came to the fore. The making of the jars, chemical filled vessels stuffed with various substances that Kook sums up as our form of voodoo. When Down the Sun takes the stage, the jars are always present. In the studio, however, one of Church's creations, immortalized in the song Jars, definitely had an effect. The one jar was filled with cow dung, cow meat, semen, and urine. And to represent life, there was a baby doll, states Church. The jar got left in the window, still in the sun. The sun heated up the gases in the meat and the jar exploded. Naturally, they had to evacuate the building. It's a different sort of chemical warfare, Kook chips in. (laughs) I mean... Guys? Has there been a better story told? (laughs) I don't think... Listen, listen, if you are a storyteller, you're looking for the special details going to take it over the top. And this is it. The story of Jars. Also, once again, mysterious circumstances. But at the same time, (laughs) if you've got one guy in the band whose sole hobby is creating jars of foul-smelling stuff. For reasons unknown. For reasons unknown. One day, everybody except... Kook and Church quit the band. <laughs> Reasons unknown. Reasons, Reasons unknown. unknown. Reasons unknown. We don't know why. The The breadcrumbs are becoming a little bit more of a loaf. A little uh, more of a loaf of bread, I would say. I'd say so. This, But this track is, is incredible. What a payoff. I wait. I'm hearing about jars. There it is. I mean, if you ever were like, I need you to make a song that sounds like an explosion of cow dung, cow meat, semen, and urine. And a baby doll. To and a baby doll. Life. To sing- <laughs> I got something for you. I, I like, I like, that sounds like just the, like the wackiest low rent witch, just like with a cauldron. And it's like, I got some cow dung and some cow meat and some semen and some urine Bubble, bubble, and, toil and trouble. <laughs> oh, hold on. And a baby doll to signify life. <laughs> Wait, what? Hold on, witch. Well, hold on. Hey. 
But you know what? Some people, you know, this is that that thing of like, you know, are you going to be mainstream? Are you going to be off the beaten path? And these, this is an off the beaten path move. True, true. All right, we've got one song left, and that is Revelations. That's this is it's 15 minutes of this. Oh, well, that explains it. Yeah. And uh, around minute eight gets into a bit of a groove. Um, somebody starts screaming. Don't put don't put your your fucking on me. I think is what mm-hmm. it said. Probably talking about the contents of the jars. Yeah, yeah, don't, 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 don't put those fucking put jars the, on me, bro. Don't, don't put, put those jars on me. This felt once again, this felt like a very late 90s early 2000s new metal move this is this is how you know basically the first slipknot record had like a 10 minute sort of noisy outro limbiscuit three dollar bill y'all has sort of like a now noisy sort of thing i mean honestly this all feels like the great grandchild of endless nameless off of nirvana nevermind this sort of weird sort of freak out sort of a song sort of just a noise collage i mean honestly it was fine i listened to it three times for the show the first time i was genuinely shocked that it was the full 15 it's the full 15 it doesn't like stop at some point and then have like a secret track it's just full 15 of just a cacophony jenny what'd you think yeah it it felt Right for the the time this record came out, I agree with you. I was waiting for like some silence, but I stuck with it. I wasn't mad at it. Ushered you right out of this album. Indeed. I'm for it. I'm for it. There you go. And uh, so that is the album. That's Down the Sun by Down the Sun. And now it's the part of the show where we talk about cannon talk. Jenny, we'll start with you. So this album was a true journey. I feel like we learned a lot about this band. I really loved it. I feel like it's it's been a little bit since we've had one of these, but I feel like this is a true missed gem. I think if this had come out when it was supposed to, maybe a little bit earlier... I don't know if these guys would have stayed together. Again, reasons unknown, but I do think that pure American filth jars, like we would know these songs. Absolutely. And and even where the album dipped a little and I wasn't super into it, it didn't ever take me so far out of what the vibe of this overall record was that I I felt like what's going on here or, or I'm not feeling this. I just think these are like 
bunch of weird fucking dudes from the middle of America <laughs> doing their thing. Pure American Filth is a fucking classic. So, so, so good. I would put the whole thing in. Lauren, what do you think? I mean, this album really goes for it. And it shows its influences, but never feels derivative. The, I mean, I kind of felt like that mid-album run of Pure American Filth into Pitiful into Scapegoat. I feel like there's a lot of bands that would kill for that. And then, and then you have Jars. Jars right there at the tail end to take you home. I, I mean, yeah, I feel like you could put the whole thing in because this, this did feel like a lost classic to me of the genre. Like this is one of the, like, you know, those, those lists that everybody loves to send us all the time. 12 most underrated new metal records. (laughs) Put this bad boy on that list. This is definitely lost gem. Pure American filth. Put that on your new metal playlist stat. I love it. So yeah, I say put the whole thing in. Matt. I think he got the arguments down. I mean, Pure American Filth alone carries the album on its back into the canon. Jars, there we go. Love that breakdown. Love that ending. But then we go back to Medicated. We all die. It's all there. Some of it doesn't feel as essential as other parts of it. You know, I kind of fell off at Pitiful. It's a scapegoat listen and i confide didn't really do it all the way for me but jars kind of brings you back in there's enough tent poles in the album to get it into the canon i think and i mean we could probably write uh, a stereo gum article on pure american filth i feel like every new metal band is, is striving for something like a new american like a pure american filth Pure, yeah, and, sorry, pure American film. And uh and yeah, and it's and they have it. They have it. So listen guys. I mean, listen. 2020, 2021, everybody's got masks on. So put on the mask so you can block out the smell of those jars. <laughs> get back in that rehearsal studio. Get the six. Let's get it going. I'm just saying, down the sun reunion machine shop let's make it happen let's make it happen so there you have it down the sun but down the sun in the new metal canon we got some new classics for you add them to your playlist and uh, that does bring us to another uh, end of another episode of the roach coach podcast thank you so much for listening keep on saying hello online facebook twitter instagram send us an email roachcoachpodcast at gmail.com coach with a k And until next time, Jenny, thank you. Lauren, thank you. Matt, thank you. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.